1: Today on the Zabecast, sweet baby Jesus, we've got football. Preseason week number one is in the books. Ready, set, overanalyze. Andy Poland joins me to talk Redskins and the last time you could actually walk up and get a ticket to a game. Plus, we pour one out for ESPN Sports Nation. May the old viral video show rest in peace. You got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Friday, August 10th, 2018. Thank you very much for the download. Let's get cracking. Before I say what are you going to do for the weekend? You want to run in a beer mile? A what did you say? What the hell did you just say? You heard me, a beer mile. In the in the in DC, they're holding a beer mile, which is a niche novelty event in the running world. And yet, even though it's a niche or niche novelty event in the running world, it's one that is gaining steam and popularity. There are standout beer milers like Lewis Kent who actually have professional contracts. And now in D.C., Pacer's Running Store is going to host a beer mile at the parking lot just east of Nats Park. Now, okay, beer mile. What's a beer mile? You didn't explain it. Well, it's a mile, and you've got to run. You've got to run a mile, and you got to drink four beers in a mile. Yes, indeed. Uh, Kent said people love these quirky, weird events. The human body can do incredible things. A vast majority of people have drank beer before, and many have run a mile. So it's very relatable to people. Uh, the human rec, the world record, uh, is four minutes. 47 and 17 one hundredths of a second for running a mile and chugging 4 cans of beer along the way. I believe it's a can every lap that you take, so you're getting a steady infusion of beer. And yeah, you uh <laughs> you have to be a great runner and you got to have a strong stomach. God, does that sound awful and disgusting? And terrible to have all that beer just swoosh, 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 sloshing around in your belly. Get in my belly. <laughs> but you know, if people like to do this, I guess. Get in my belly. Stay in my belly, and more like it. The event sold out. They only had 300 people. Didn't even advertise it. Because they said if they did advertise it, they'd probably get thousands of people giving it a try. Many of whom, I'm sure, are not runners, but more beer drinkers. And they just want to see if they can do it. Uh, when James Nielsen broke the five-minute beer mile barrier in 2014, the feat went viral. And it introduced the wacky concept of chugging a beer. Running a quarter mile, then repeating it three more times to a brand new Audience. One of those people was Mr. Kent, who was then a student and track athlete at the University of Western Ontario in Canada. He qualified for the inaugural Flow Track Beer Mile World Championships in late 2014 and then lowered the world record as recorded by BeerMile.com. The following year in August, he lowered it to 4 minutes 55 seconds seconds.78. He lost the title as fastest beer miler in the world two months later, but then got it back in November, which led to a shoe and apparel deal with Brooks running. My question is this. Where's the beer endorsement? That's half the trick, isn't it? Of course, this now gets me to thinking. If you're going to do a beer mile, shouldn't there be a beer and smoking mile? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Where you've got to... Chug four beers and and puff two cigarettes along the way. That would be awesome. How about this? How about the donut mile? You have to eat a donut every lap or maybe two donuts. Then there could be the masturbation mile. Good God. Okay, I got carried away. I was thinking, what could we do here? What other weird things could we do that would make it difficult to both run, and do thing X. I think that would qualify. All right, I'm remiss in doing this every day because it is called Stat of the Day. You know, you should really hold me to doing this once a day. Why don't you hold yourself to doing it? Okay, I'm doing it today. Here's your stat of the day. of the Day. So LeBron James recently wore a Laker uniform for the first time. He's apparently not going to have a press conference that says, Hi, here I am. But anyway, uh, courtesy of the number one LeBron lover on the planet, Nick Wright of Fox Sports 1's First Things First, LeBron James could miss his next 3,300 shots and still have a better field goal percentage than Kobe Bryant. Behold your stunt! Of the day! Wow. That's impressive right there. Of course, that'd be quite a cold streak, you know. LeBron is uh, 0 for 2,999, but he's still leading Kobe. The funny thing is going to be seeing how the Kobe fanatics in L.A. adjust to LeBron now being the new face of... Of the franchise. The Kobe stands as they are called. The Kobe fanatics. The Kobe loyalists. They are beyond reason. You cannot argue with them. And yes, LeBron is more of a point forward. Somewhat power forward. Scored a lot more of his points from in close. And dunks and everything else. Kobe more of a volume perimeter shooter. But still, LeBron can miss 3,300 shots in a row. He'd still have a better career field goal percentage than Kobe. That is is pretty damn impressive. Couple of things real quick, then we'll get to Andy Poland. File this one under. Ugh, gross. Horrifying raw chicken teddy bear removed from Facebook Marketplace for obvious reasons. Maggie from Metairie, Louisiana, posted her handmade raw chicken teddy bear on Facebook Marketplace at the bargain price of thirty-five dollars. Edible and can be cooked. Great family activity, says the ad. <laughs> this thing, this thing is is nightmare fuel. It's all stitched up. It looks like it's out of a horror movie. But okay, I can see it. He's got two big. Chicken wings for arms and two bigger chicken thighs, I think, for legs. And uh, the face is stitched together and they cut holes. The ears are like disgusting chicken. I don't know why Facebook said uh, you can't uh, sell it. Um, Consumer Reports research from 2014 says potentially harmful bacteria was found in 97% of raw chicken breasts nationwide. Uh, The ad did not say how the artist planned to ship said raw chicken to buyers. So can you stuff the teddy bear with uh, like maybe a nice uh, stuffing and, uh, you know, some uh, fried onions or something like that? Hey, honey, what are we having for dinner tonight? Uh, We're having teddy bear chicken. Oh, again? Gave me nightmares last night. It's delicious and it's adorable. And I just ordered four more from Facebook. So you just be quiet and you eat your teddy bear chicken. Speaking of eating and chickens. So next week, next Friday as a matter of fact, I'm getting on a jet plane and going to Scotland with my knuckleheads uh, for Zabe Scotland 2018. And for those that would like to follow along, I'm going to try to make daily posts and updates via social media, my Twitter feed, I also have a website uh, called DrunkTomMorris.com, and it's just a little website about the trip if you want to see where we're going and our itinerary and everything else, Um, but I told the guys on the trip, I said, I want one of the rounds that we're going to play to be a haggis match, and the guys are like resisting and like, oh, I don't want to do that. I said, they're like, I don't want to eat haggis, which is boiled Sheep's intestines it, sewn into, like, a sheep's stomach. I said, well, the point of the haggis match is that you play really, really hard because the last thing you want to eat for dinner that night is haggis. Seems like the guy, every guy I've said, let's do this, they're like, no, no. Like, they're really digging their heels in. Now, it is my trip, and I could force them to do it, I suppose, if I wanted to. But just a quick question. A, is haggis that horrible? And B, should I force these pussies to do this match or not? And C, if I lose, which I probably would, how many bites of haggis could I possibly eat? It doesn't have vegetables, so at least there's that. But uh, Justin Verlander says Kate Upton helped save him from depression. Well, no fucking shit. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm unsympathetic to those with depression or mental illness or other challenges, but seriously, you're a gazillionaire major league ball player. You're a pitcher. You work once every 5 days and I'm depressed. And then and then this super hot, you know, swimsuit model with giant cans fell in love with me and I was saved. I'm not saying it's a great story. I'm saying, ain't nobody got time for that. Come on, Verlander. i are supposed to feel a sympathetic for you. And on the, uh, the male-female front, this could potentially get ugly. NFL Network Heath, an NFL-fired NFL Network analyst, Heath Evans, is going rogue. Evans was part of the crew that was thrown out after makeup artist Jamie Cantor sued the NFL Network, for sexual harassment and a hostile workplace. Evans was one of, I think, four guys that were named in this lawsuit. All of those that were named in the lawsuit are gone, except for Michael Irvin, oh, by the way. And Evans has gone on Twitter to say, look, I'm not going to be silent anymore because they wanted me to just shut up and melt away. They said they would honor the rest of my contract if I just signed this non-disclosure and I did this and I did that and I didn't talk about this. And Heath Evans says, no, my my reputation is more important than the money. He said he worked and cooperated fully with the NFL Network. He said he's got text messages that exonerate him from the charges that were made by Ms. Cantor. He admits to flirting with her uh, earlier on when they were uh, you know, working together, but that since that time he backed off and that they had a good, professional, and friendly relationship. He's got a lot of details in it. It says more details are going to come out. He did say of Cantor, I certainly wish she hadn't falsely included me in the series of allegations she made, but he said he has no personal animosity towards Ms. Cantor. So uh, buckle up. For that and speaking of buckle up let's buckle up for the birthday boy andy poland recently turned a milestone birthday hey happy yeah. birthday andy 60 years old <laughs> holy shit how does it feel yeah. being 60 any different
0: well you know i i feel good and at 40 i had a 36 inch waist and it Sixty. I have a thirty-four. So humble you know.
1: brag, humble brag. <laughs> 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 no, good, good for you, Andy. And and all health systems are good, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, right. uh, you know, Knockwood last sick day, nineteen eighty-five. Still holding that streak.
1: Have you ever been sick though? Like you say, My last sick day, but a uh, sick day. But I'm. Have you ever felt really bad? You're like, God, you know what? If it weren't for this streak, I'd definitely go to work.
0: No, it wasn't the streak. It was more like, you know, a post-game show after a big game. or yeah. you know I might have had flu-like symptoms, but I don't okay. remember being too sick to get out of bed.
1: And you're like, shit has to get done. An yeah. air shift has to be done, and that's what I do. I'm a pro, yeah. damn it. Well, good for you. Yeah. So are you watching Redskins preseason game number one right now up in an undisclosed uh, holiday vacation spot in good old Vermont, your annual Vermont August getaway?
0: Yeah, I uh, I am not. I'm taping the game at home, so I'll watch it when I get home. Um, normally, I've made efforts to, you know, see it live and everything. But since my air schedule's a little more sporadic now, I think I'll have time to absorb it. But are, are you watching it now?
1: Oh, we're killing the Patriots, Andy. We are killing them. I just I wanted to beat these assholes for so long. Ten nothing right now as Colt McCoy has got it going. for <laughs> for the skins (laughs) I'm I'm laughing at myself Brady
0: been sacked
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah Tom Brady not only is Tom Brady not playing but they said (laughs) Tom Brady on in warm-ups didn't even throw a pass to another teammate he just did drops he practiced like six (laughs) drop backs and said that's enough for me so yeah yeah
0: I mean the exhibition season year by year gets more and more ridiculous I mean, you know, I know that the league will say, well, we want you to go to 18 games and we'll drop this down to two, but sooner or later, you're saying to the public, you really are a bunch of suckers. We're having to make you pay full price and we're not giving you anything close to real football here.
1: It has been getting worse, but I almost think it's now stabilized where we've got a set rotation that most every team agrees on, which is game one. None of the start, not none of, but most of your starters. If there's any starter with any nick or anything, they don't play. Game right. two, your starters get a series or a quarter. Game three is the, quote, dress rehearsal to get a half. And game four, they sit. Isn't that like mm-hmm. the template now that everyone abides by?
0: Yeah, that is the template. So what you're saying is if you have a ticket to an exhibition game, oh, well, you have a sucker. One, in four, yeah. Yeah, one in four chance to see, you know, the star player. Now, remember, the Redskins, until I think 1995, 96, somewhere in there, they didn't charge season ticket holders for exhibition games. And the reason was because it was so hard to get a ticket to a regular season game when they were at RFK, they wanted to make the team accessible to the public. And that's why. And then I remember this because I was doing post-game shows and we had to get Some version of satellite at the station, uh, 1993, I believe, and they didn't sell out, so they blacked out the game, and we got some kind of crazy satellite hookup, and uh, we were able to see at least. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa! Blacked out. Hold on a second. (laughs) We interrupt this podcast for a call from my (laughs) wife. Please hold. (laughs) Hello. Hey, hon. Hey, hon. How are you doing? I'm uh, taping a podcast with Andy Pauly right oh, now. Sorry
0: about that. Yeah, no, I'm just heading back to Woodgrove to pick her up, and
1: uh, then we'll be home. All right. All right. I'll see you in a bit. All right. All right. Love, love you, bye. bye. Okay. And we're back. Okay. Here we go. Ready, Andy? Yep. Ready. Three, two, one. Whoa, 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 whoa. They blacked out a preseason game. hmm Jesus. Yeah that's insanity right there by the way before we get into this incredible new day and age we're living in in which the Redskins are actively pimping single game (laughs) tickets I know I know you've got thoughts on this because it's pretty remarkable but uh, before we get into that you mentioned the whole let's reduce the preseason to two and convert two of them into regular season games I haven't heard one peep about that in a long time have you
0: no, have not. Um, but that could come up again in twenty twenty one.
1: Oh, I'm because, sure it will. I'm sure it will. But there yeah. was actually a push, you know, even a couple years after the CBA was signed, where this kept coming up, and it seems like somebody with the NFL said, "Okay, let's drop it for now, because we're not going to get it." Seemingly,
0: well, I think I think also the concussion issue is big. Uh, the fact that so many teams are finishing the season with skeleton rosters because of all the injuries. So, yeah, they have backed off of it, but but I think they'll saddle it up again in the next collective bargaining agreement. I I think they will.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they would love to convert two of these worthless games into two highly lucrative television games and attendance games. Okay, Redskins are are pimping single-game tickets. This is a watershed moment that cannot be be overstated in my opinion Andy that they are actively begging people to come to the home opener against Andrew Luck and the Colts I I look at these ads and I think wow what's your reaction
0: well look at the leap from how quickly they went from saying oh yeah we really don't have a waiting list you can buy season tickets to please buy single game tickets
1: right you know what I mean Right. Yeah. They didn't just say, well, we don't have a waiting list, but if you want season tickets, call us. They didn't just say, yeah. well, we don't have a waiting list. Uh, if you want season tickets, call us. And by the way, you can get a single game ticket, but we're not going to like desperately advertise. They are desperately pushing it. And I just saw this new guy, Brian LaFamina, doing a guest spot with Joe Theismann. And Kenny Albert on the Redskins preseason game, and they were talking about now the new renovations at FedEx Field, including the new uh, fan pavilion. Andy <laughs> and, and and Joe and Sunshine Joe Theismann, who I love dearly and is the voice of August for our team, said, "You know, this yep. is a new. This feels like a new team, doesn't it, Brian?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> every year, every year. <laughs> That yes. tana moss has hands as good as chris carter that joe theismann
1: right so did you happen <laughs> to read Sverluga's column on this in the washington post
0: you know I've, I've been i've been you know i've been up on vacation so i haven't caught up as much on the reading and i don't have my daily actual washington post whoa, newspaper whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. Say? whoa whoa don't you have an ipad with the washington post digital subscription
0: well, I have it on my phone. Yeah, I could I could look it on your up on phone?
1: My phone. Okay, but... not on your iPad. the uh, The Post Digital on your iPad is actually an elegant experience. It mm-hmm. will display. Have you ever seen it, Andy? Yeah,
0: I've I've seen it. But have I, you seen I, it where I, you again,
1: can where you can leaf through what looks like a real newspaper on your iPad?
0: I I, I get that, but oh. when I prepare to do my infrequent radio shows okay. i like to have the ability to clip out the actual article and highlight it
1: i know i know i just didn't know if you had seen that or not because you know you're not always no. the most technically sad right well what, what did barry say well barry's column was devastating barry basically said this is uncharted territory this is a fan this is a team that realizes its relationship with the existing fan base is almost broken and they've got oh, yeah. to beg to restore what they once had. They apparently the Redskins sent out kits to former season ticket holders that had little goodies like a thumb drive and a phone charger and you know other stuff. And they said the only thing missing is your tickets. We want you back. Mm-hmm. We want yeah. you back.
0: Well, that's that's another thing. That's assuming you left for whatever reason. Right?
1: Well, I think these I think they sent these out to actual former season ticket holders. They even sent out free tickets to a Beyonce and Jay Z concert at FedEx to former ticket holders with no strings attached. Like here, have tickets to a, a frontline concert with stars at our stadium just to come back. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Capitals, even prior to winning the Stanley Cup, with forty one home dates, not eight. Have you ever heard them say, "Please buy single game tickets"?
1: No? I haven't heard them advertise that. Maybe we're no? going to have a save the skins campaign, Andy, just like the save the. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a good one. Do you think? Do you <laughs> think Snyder would dangle that the possibility of? No, losing...
1: no, 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 no. There's nowhere no. to go. There's nowhere to go. But it just it to me it's still jarring. Not only is the Colts game with presumably if Andrew Luck can get through one regular season game unscathed. That game is not sold out. The Packers, the following weekend, with a huge fan base that travels and is nationwide, is also not sold out. Every home game is still not a sellout. That, to me, is stunning. Even Dallas. Even, even Dallas. Dallas huh? Even Dallas, even Philly. Even the Giants. I mean, you're, you're talking about, okay, and they've taken out seats again. Did you see that? Oh, more seats? Yes. I don't know they had seats to take out. <laughs> There's always more to take out. Keep draining the swamp until it fits the fan base. Yes, the uh, the pavilion that they installed underneath one of the uh, video boards, right. they, uh, those were seats that they said were so-called cave seats that were being sold and resold to opposing fans. And so they think this is going to enhance the fan experience, put more of a premium on seats, and it's the fourth time in the last six years they've taken seats out.
0: Well, uh, they also said a couple of weeks ago that they had taken out the obstructed seats, which somehow were winding up in the fa- hands yes, of visiting fans.
1: Yeah, that's exactly not
0: so. Yeah. I've seen Steeler fans in the fifty-yard line. Oh. That's ridiculous.
1: So we saw Viking fans fifty-yard yeah. line. You are like, where would all these Viking fan comes fans come from? So <laughs> anyway, um, I guess you know, winning cures all, but does winning cure all and how much winning do we Andy have to do to get back to being a fan, a franchise with a decent fan base that wants to go to the games
0: okay so if this is another year like 2015 uh where they let's get say 10 to and 6 playoffs,
1: let's say we're 10 and 6 and we're a wild card 10
0: and 6 and and win a win a wild card game or no, just get there no
1: we're a wild card
0: just a wild card we're a wild wild card we're in
1: the playoffs we go on the road and we play a game and lose there you go now what
0: if you notice this that by the time you get to the super bowl you really have no recollection of who these teams played to get there so especially in the first round
1: so you mean like what's the big deal right like buffalo is a wild card and went on the road and lost to jacksonville
0: yeah that kind of thing it's like you know Okay, they clear out the little. Right, okay. you know, that's all, all right, I so can.
1: so that's not gonna do it. They need to stack multiple double digit win seasons on top of each other. And we haven't done that, well, by the way, since ninety two either. We have not had back to back ten win seasons since ninety two. Haven't had an eleven win season since nineteen ninety two.
0: I think they need to get to an NFC championship game. At least.
1: Okay. Even if they're just a wild card doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. wild card to me is is nothing. You you had a you had a okay season. There's 12 teams that Got make it. it. You made it, and you said good night. The
1: real, the real. I think the real key is going to be this new stadium. And Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia was recently interviewed about this, and they showed that awful potato chip of a stadium yeah. concept with the freaking moat. And Northam said, if I had to bet, I'd look toward the. Dulles area, as to where it will be built.
0: I th- I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, but I think you need to look closely at this proposal for the Tampa Bay Rays, a thirty thousand seat stadium. I think that's the future of sports stadiums. I, I think that's where it's going to go.
1: I agree, but I mean, it, forget the size for a second. How would you feel about it being way out by Dulles?
0: um for me it'd be fine because if i go to one game a year that's a lot so <laughs> it
1: really doesn't matter where they're playing Andy's you being know? very provincial right now i don't give a shit i go once a year no but for the for the region though i have always said it would be good for me because it'd be in loudon county my home county it'd be an easy commute but right. it's bad for the region it's bad for the team it would I don't want to say it's like Raleigh, John, all over again because Dulles and that area is much more developed than Raleigh, John, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, PG County. But still, it's just too far out to one side. It's making the same mistake on the other side of the market. I think
0: right, and opinion. I also think that it's and and the danger that they didn't have with Virginia that they have with Maryland is people who are undecided or going to go Raven, so you yes. lose a lot, especially you're... like. You know, oh. uh, like, especially Howard County, that, that's all going to be Raven fans. Yeah. You know? No. You're, and you're, you're and right. only you know older older people like me who've you know been Redskins fans my whole life. I'm never going to leave the Redskins no matter what happens. But there you. are people who move to the region and they darn decide they go. Oh, the Ravens are right up the road. They got a great stadium. It's easy to get in and out of. Why not?
1: Yeah. All right. Did you watch Hard Knocks? Do you get HBO up there in Vermont?
0: No. I, I you know I, I I can make an effort to do it. I know I can get it at home. I can watch it uh, on demand. All right. And, uh, but I did see a couple of things. There was a a speech by one of the players that was particularly <laughs> Uh, Jarvis blue. Landry.
1: Jarvis Landry yeah. gave a speech to the other receivers that had a fuck or a shit every third word, basically. And he was pretty much yeah. calling out all the other receivers like, I don't care if you're hurt, you need to fucking practice. And I thought every other receiver's looking at you like, hey asshole, I'm trying to make the team. You just got paid the biggest receiver contract in the league. I don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> yeah right. And then the other the other one I had to run by you, and this was classic. Greg Williams. Told the team, I turned down seven other jobs to be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Warren Sharp, Warren Sharp on Twitter, uh, our friend who does good uh, advanced analytics on stuff in the NFL, said, "Hmm, Rams fired him. Nine other teams hired new defensive coordinators this past off That'd be Atlanta, Buffalo, Carolina, Cleveland, Denver, the L.A. Chargers, Miami, San Francisco, and Washington. So if he turned down seven jobs, apparently every other single team needing a D.C. offered him a contract except one. I find that very dubious. Yes. Greg also, Williams. I
0: read, I, I, did I not read that, and I haven't seen this, but Hugh Jackson, he of the 1-31 record, Showed his assistant coaches disrespect, like just kind of,
1: yeah, I don't yeah, know how yeah. he put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's just classic Greg Williams right there. Tough. I mean, he was out of the league. His career was dead after Bounty yeah. Gate, and he somehow yeah. crawled his way back into the league. Amazing, huh?
0: Well, because, because actually his defenses are pretty good.
1: True, true. His defenses you know, are pretty good, but he was not as hot a prospect. As no, Oh, no, was. he's
0: he's dirty, but if your defenses are good, they'll put you back in, yep. you know.
1: A live update, by the way, right now as we tape. From New England, touchdown Mo Harris, 17 nothing. Redskins. We're killing the Patriots, Andy. We're killing them. Do you remember
0: last year, I forget which week it was, but Mo Harris made this great one-handed catch in the end zone. And the whole week, the reaction was, God, they kept this guy down on the practice squad. They're killing the team. Like the guy was Jerry Rice. I think he <laughs> caught two more passes the whole year. <laughs>
1: exactly. Who's some of your favorite August heroes in Redskins preseason oh. Harry? Preseason history?
0: Well, number one all time is obviously Babe Laufenberg. Yes. Um, Babe Laufenberg never took a regular season snap for the Redskins and engineered two years in a row, miraculous comebacks in, I think it was game three, may have been game four. One was against the Steelers. One may have been against the Patriots. And he was cut soon after. Uh, he, he came back to the roster a couple of times, including in the great story about, you know, the Joe Theismann broken leg. You know that one, don't you? Oh, yeah. Where, uh, it, with it, Tell I'll it again for those that
1: it. don't know. Go ahead.
0: It's Yeah, recap it real fast. He, he had been cut by the Redskins at the end of the preseason, and this was November already, so he'd been out of football for quite a while, and he is on vacation in Cabo, and he didn't have his before cell phones, and he didn't have a phone. And he being Babe
1: Loffenberg.
0: Babe Loffenberg, right, who, who uh, later played for the Cowboys. and I think he, he even started a few games for the Chargers later on. Now does the Cowboys radio and also is on television there. Yeah. But um, he, uh, he was watching the game at the Giggling Marlin, and <laughs> while he was taking... An upside down tequila shot. He saw Joe Theismann's leg break in half. Oh my God! And uh, at that point, uh, Bobby Bethard, the general manager who just went in the Hall of Fame, uh, was scrambling on the phone to try and find Babe Laufenberg because he knew by Monday he had to have himself a new, or the next day he had to have himself a new quarterback. They needed a backup for Jay Schrader, and so uh, he called Laufenberg's brother. And Laufenberg had enough sense to try and get a hold of his brother, and his brother said, oh, yeah, uh, Bobby Beathard is trying to reach you. go to Washington. And wow. uh, he did. He fixed up that season.
1: All yeah. right, so that's the quick story on that. So Babe Laufenberg, obviously one of the August heroes. I remember many years ago, I think it was in high school, Raphael Cherry was mm-hmm. this safety for the Redskins who laid several – huge fucking hits and it was like this guy's great we gotta make the team for this guy Brandon Banks more recently actually made the team after yeah. some incredible returns he's still playing football in the CFL right now
0: and who's the running back I told you to pump your brakes on
1: oh shit uh Marcus Mason Marcus.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got all excited Marcus I wasn't the Mason. only one a lot of people got excited about Marcus Mason it just Yeah. Jerry you know, yeah. went to jail I think for murder. Uh he might have. Yeah, he yeah. might have. But uh, this is August for you in the NFL. It's complete funhouse mirrors. I like in August and and the NFL and this is being the first, you know, blurp of games. It'd be the equivalent of seeing 1 second of a feature length movie and then blurting out guesses as to what the movie is. Casablanca, Godfather, Star Wars. Like, you don't know. This is one second of a three hour movie that people tomorrow or today, I guess, are going to go crazy on radio going, Did you see this guy? Did you see that guy? This guy doesn't look good. This guy does look good. It's so silly, but it's how much we love football.
0: Yeah, I think it's almost a form of the replacement games is that you're rooting for the uniform. You're out on the. It's like a warm up for the fans. You get out on the out to the stadium. You sit in the stands. You watch the team in burgundy and gold. You root for them. Right. And then you'll pick a favorite player. But the the, the, the the most amazing thing I think in all the preseasons of Redskin history is the fact that the head football coach in 2002 had no understanding of exhibition football. Yeah. that, that, that Steve Spurrier was playing his starters in the fourth quarter of the first exhibition game in Osaka and couldn't believe how good Danny Werfel looked. I think just got he was to go playing play. against guys who weren't going to be in the league, against schemes that they didn't want to show because they didn't want to give it away in the preseason, and he couldn't get his head around the idea that these games didn't count and nobody was trying.
1: It just <laughs> It was staggering to think because you thought that, okay, so he's a college guy, but he played in the NFL. Surely yeah. he must understand... This is how it is. But he didn't. I'm sort of learning as I go. Unbelievable. I mean, Old ball coach. All right. Hey, let's uh, pour one out real quick. For your fi- one of your favorite shows, I think, on ESPN, Sports Nation has bit the dust. They've canceled yeah, well, it- the viral video show known as Sports Nation. And on top of that, as part of their revamped uh, lineup during the day, they're moving high noon to 4 o'clock and cutting it back from one hour to a half an hour. I can't believe this is a good thing for them.
0: Well, how can you put a show named High Noon at 4? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no matter what time zone you're in, if, I can understand if you put it at 3 on the West Coast, it's High Noon. But if you put it at 4, it's <laughs> no. High Noon nowhere.
1: Uh, right. And the fact that they started as a one-hour show, and now they're going to give it a half an hour, if you're Pablo Torre or Bomani Jones, are you like saying – Oh, yeah, we're killing it? Or what do you say? I saw the tweets. Well, Pablo Torre said, well, this will be good because we'll be in the block now of afternoon ESPN shows. This, this impenetrable Eric Rideholm-produced block of shows of PTI, Around the Horn, and highly questionable.
0: Well, Mark Shapiro, who later worked for Snyder, uh, was the head of ESPN when Pardon the Interruption was launched. And he wanted to do an hour. And Tony Kornheiser was insistent that they do a half an hour. And to me, you know, especially the way people consume things now, an hour is just too much. Half an hour is the perfect length for these TV shows, I
1: think. Yeah, especially because so many of them just recycle the same concepts and the same stories in different formats.
0: Well, and also the the skill is to make your point in a matter of 15 to 20 seconds, not Stephen A. Smith length where you go – three or four minutes and you're filling two hours, that's boring.
1: They spent, I believe, on one of the shows recently, like 20 minutes talking about LeBron uh, graffiti. Graffiti on LeBron murals in L.A. Like the opening 20 minutes of one of those early morning shows was, well, let's talk about this and how does it matter? They spent the same amount of time on should the Lakers with LeBron have been matched against Golden State on Christmas Day, Andy, because they think it's not going to be a very good game.
0: Well... Part of that is people looking at other mediums, and I, I saw. I think Darren Ravel had this today that the Instagram followers in the NBA thirty million. It's, it's four, yeah, and and the NFL is like 11. 4 million, right?
1: No, it's eleven. 11? I okay. think I think they're second. With eleven. 11. yeah, it's a right, huge so it's, a, it's street... a huge gap. But you know, Instagram is for the kids. It's for the hip people. You know, I'm not on Instagram. Well, right,
0: but that's that's what they want. I mean, they don't they they don't want the the older yeah. audience because they they've probably already not. got them. But the funny yeah. thing
1: is, they're all old, middle-aged men on these shows, for the most right. part. Pretty much. Pretty you much. Know, yeah. Even the younger, even the younger skewing guys are like forty. You know, Max Kellerman, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, but they've been pushing some of these other guys though. Pablo Torre is still early thirties, right?
1: Okay. Uh-oh. By the way, uh, yeah, so- f- here's an idea for the show: Three o'clock high. Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> yeah. 19- Three O'Clock High. No. No, no, uh, well, High Noon is a movie title, right? Right. Three Three O'Clock High High? was made in 1987 where a nerd gets himself in hot water with a new bully at school and they agree to fight after school at three o'clock and so the whole movie is just this dread and anticipation watching the clock as it gets closer and closer to three o'clock. Oh, well. Okay, I saw. Uh, it. You wasn't didn't. there one
0: like that before that, like My Bodyguard or something like that? Yeah, seems like that plot plot had been run run out before. Yes.
1: There was a movie about that. There was a movie about a lot of things. Way to go, you killjoy! Yeah. Hey, since you just turned 60, first of all, what'd you do for your sixtieth birthday?
0: Um, but, uh, Samantha and her boyfriend came over and uh, grilled steaks out on my uh, new patio. Cool, and uh, and they uh, and in the move. Uh, we noticed that my college diploma from 1981 had never been framed
1: from Trinity so they, uh, uh, Trinity College in Texas
0: Trinity University Trinity in Antonio, University Texas yeah. okay yeah so, so okay. they had it framed for me
1: okay good says. and and no other big are you gonna take a trip for yourself for your 60th? or uh, no
0: it's uh, it's okay. another number you know when I when I celebrate a hundred and and you're invited I know uh, we'll have a big blowout.
1: hey yeah. and you know what if anyone can make it, It's absolutely you. And by the way, speaking of old guys still chugging on like impervious to their actual number, how about Bill Snyder, head coach at K-State, getting a five-year extension at age 78? That's remarkable. I think that's the longest contract extension in big-time sports, either D1 college football or basketball or any of the four majors. For an old guy ever like how old was marv levy when he was with the Bills? 78 i
0: he was he was late 70s when he was still coaching but the college the college thing is more so for recruiting isn't it because other well, coaches they get, will say
1: yeah i know i know but he, i don't you know a
0: guy's 78 how long is he going to coach and they say well i got a five-year deal you know
1: yeah i guess so i i, I guess yeah. so but i i wouldn't doubt him for actually following through and, and coaching all five years he's pretty oh, amazing yeah.
0: And he he and he's one of those guys that's apparently still very intense. Like he still works incredible hours. That's it's weird. And he left for a while. Remember, he he, he retired for a year or two, and then came back.
1: I think so. Yeah. By the way, can yeah. I can I find out where we stand on Urban Meyer, you and I? Because I can't remember if we talked about it last time or not.
0: Well, he's a liar. It's, of course, it's what he is. He, yes, he's, he's, he's a he's urban a liar. liar. And, right. And and, and also. But what what happened there is is also similar to Penn State, and there, there's the rush in the administration to, to not let this kind of stuff get out because it'll be a distraction from the football program. So you know this, and, and and maybe you don't want to get into this, but this whole NCAA thing now with how they're going to deal with college basketball.
1: How do you feel it, about it's that? It's a
0: joke. It's a joke.
1: Because it's, why? They,
0: they, because they put the onus. On the NBA, they can't police their their own selves, so they let the NBA do it. So what and, is what are they uh, supposed
1: to do? What would be your ideal solution then?
0: Well, I, I think they should have no one year requirement. That's the NBA policy, so they should but, do but, away with that. But
1: college can't control that.
0: No, they can't. They so, can't what, so what? So what should
1: college do? Because you don't like what college did. What should they do?
0: Well, Gary Williams has said for a number of years that they should do this. They should allow a kid who tests the NBA, doesn't get drafted, to be able to come back.
1: And they now said but, that's okay.
0: Yeah, they're now saying that's okay. I don't have as much of a problem with that as the NBA deciding which players should be allowed to have agents and which players should. You know, they're they're allowing the NBA to kind of yeah. control their product, I and think, I don't like
1: that. Part I think they said that USA Basketball – was going to be the well, agency that determined who is a elite prospect. And that would then allow them to get an agent because uh, USA basketball is like, yeah, you didn't talk to us about this. Cause like, we're not necessarily agreeing to do this for you. I think the NCAA said, well, fuck it. We'll just say they're going to do it and throw it in their laps. And what are they going to do?
0: Right. But, but you're going to have a player who's, who's going to be with a team and he's going to be driving to Mercedes. And he said, well, I got an agent, you know, and he'll be, He'll be uh, barring against his future earnings, yeah. which you know to me is it's it just slimy, and it and it's you know it's just like the whole thing with Penn State where they said uh, we looked at the free investigation, that's good enough for us, we're gonna <laughs> stick
1: with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right, real quick, you gonna watch Tiger Woods if he makes the cut of the PGA Championship this weekend?
0: Uh, probably be driving on Sunday. How far back is he right now?
1: Uh, like six back. He didn't really have much yeah. today.
0: I think I think what we're seeing, and you, you would know much more about this than I. But he's a competitive player now.
1: He I know. May win, and he's golfing. He's golfing a lot, but he's not as good as he wants to be. Should he be on the Ryder Cup team? You know, he's already the assistant captain.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think look, I I think he has acquitted himself well in the last six months. Don't yeah. you?
1: Yeah. No, I yeah. I had this argument with a golf buddy of mine today. I said, absolutely, put him on the team and let him play because he's got a lot of experience in the Ryder Cup. I said, do you really think Kyle Stanley would be a better captain's pick than Tiger Woods? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was against Tiger making the team when he had all the back issues years ago and he was right. not playing very many events. But no, he's he's still he's good, man. You got to put him on the team, and it's yeah, a TV, I mean, it's a TV event. So for Jesus Christ, let him play for God's sakes.
0: Even without all the back issues and the surgeries, you would think at 42, this is probably what he would be. I mean, even if he hadn't had all those problems in the last 10 years.
1: Yeah. By the way, update from from, uh, Foxborough, uh, the first ever McLean resident, McLean, Virginia native, hometown of yours truly, is wearing burgundy and gold and playing quarterback for the Redskins, Kevin Hogan. Pride oh, of yeah. uh, O'Connell O'Connell High, Dematha High, uh, Georgetown Prep. One of one of those no, I prep think it's schools. Gonzaga. 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 There you go. I should know that. Uh, Gonzaga. And he went to Stanford, and uh, he is now a Redskin. He's playing in the game. McLean is in the house. <laughs>
0: well, uh, the, the the family that I stay with here, they are Stanford graduates, oh. and uh, my my friend Robbie Byers is a is a big Stanford football fan, and he's uh, he's very happy that uh, Hogan has caught on. Look, the the contract that, that Colt McCoy signed, if he plays a lot this year, allows him to leave. So, you know, it's conceivable Hogan could be the backup next year.
1: Yeah, you know, Colt has like a one-year $7 million deal.
0: Yeah, to ever <laughs> play. But does you don't know Jay, about Alex Smith.
1: Does Jay love him or does Jay love... Good old Colt McCoy. I've never seen a coach love a single player that much.
0: Well, you know there are guys who've made nice careers out of this. Remember Don Strzok
1: Oh. played for the Dolphins. Well, right now Chase Daniel is is with the Bears. He's made he's going to make twenty four million dollars in his NFL career. Has already made twenty four million, and he's thrown eighty four passes total.
0: Yeah, I, that one is is mysterious. That the teams keep wanting to bring him in because i've seen nothing even i know they the redskin.
1: and they and they recently showed him pulling a prank on mitch trubisky where he wore a, yeah. a jersey like, his it. own jersey and a and a floppy hat and he walked up to a, a autographed line behind the ropes to get a signature from trubisky and he didn't even know it was chase daniel because he is short i remember when he was a redskin i walked by and i go what I'm like, yep. look at that oh. guy. He's an NFL player of any sort, and they're like, "Yep, that's Chase Daniel, the quarterback out of Missouri." And I'm like, "Well, son of a bitch,"
0: I uh, I I was at a, the Super Bowl. I guess it was in Miami when the Saints played the Colts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember going going to media day, and that's you know, remember I used to do that. I used to get ex Redskins and obscure players and so forth. And I got a one-on-one interview with him, and I'm standing next to him, I'm thinking, I'm 5'9", and I'm towering over this guy.
1: <laughs> and he's a quarterback. Shrimp Daniel. But, hey, he's in the NFL. Mm-hmm. We're not. And he's rich as shit, so uh, good yeah. on him. Yeah. Andy, enjoy the rest of your Vermont getaway. I'm sure it's cooler up there than it is down here. It's just been scorching hot. It's August. What do you expect? And uh, we'll catch up when you're back down here uh, in the DMV.
0: Yep. 72 and sunny tomorrow
1: here. Must be awful. And what are you going to do? Ride your bike? Go fishing. No,
0: I, uh, sit by I a lake. Like to hike, kayak. <laughs> uh, nice. You know. Do, yeah.
1: You're nice. not gonna fish.
0: No, I'm not. Uh, Jews don't fish, and you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it. a reservoir, and they have there's some fishing fish in reservoirs.
1: There's fish in reservoirs. I just wanted to goad you into Jews don't fish. It's like a hard count to get you to jump off sides. <laughs> I love that line. No, All
0: right. I would off like a big boat, like a big fishing boat. I've done that, like in the Chesapeake Bay where you right. catch rockfish, right. that's okay. But right. sitting in a canoe with a, with a line and a worm and just standing there all day. Like no, Fredo
1: and me. the Godfather? Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> except nobody's going to shoot me in the back. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, Andy. We'll talk to you when you get back. Thanks, brother.
0: All right, Dave. Take care.
1: Let's end today with this.